Hello, everyone. Welcome to this session on starting a charity, the power of contextual expertise. I'm Wani, and I'm your MC for this session. Let me introduce you to the speakers. Nikita Patel is the co-founder of Fortify Health, a wheat flour fortification initiative based in India. She had previously worked in communications at Malaria Consortium and has also been a research and outreach intern at the Center for Effective Altruism. Karina joined Fortify Health recently as business development manager, where she is leading the, the organization's advocacy and internal fundraising. She previously founded a social enterprise, Sahili, that improves women's access to menstrual hygiene products in rural India. Fortify Health was launched with the support of charity entrepreneurship and has since received two GiveWell incubation grants of $1 million. This helps them scale up their work in Maharashtra and West Bengal. There is an overall likelihood of 25% chance that Fortify Health will become a top GiveWell charity in the next two years. As Nikita and Karina share with us how local expertise is the key to charity startup success, we'll move on to a live Q&A where they will respond to some of your questions. Here's Nikita and Karina. Hello everyone. Today Nikita and I will be presenting on the topic of local expertise, the key to charity startup success. So I'm just gonna give you a short overview of what we're gonna talk about uh, in today's presentation. So first we'll talk a little bit about Fortify Health and what we do. Then we'll go over some of our early challenges and how we've managed to overcome them. Uh, then I'll talk uh, about my own personal journey uh, into EA uh, and then the importance of local entrepreneurship uh, in the EA movement. And then finally, we'll talk about some next steps regarding how local entrepreneurs can join the EA community and also how the EA community can support them. So who are we? Fortify Health is a nonprofit working in Maharashtra and West Bengal states of India to reduce and prevent the incidence of anemia and neural tube defects by fortifying wheat flour with iron and folic acid. For anyone who isn't sure about what fortification is, it's basically the process of adding small doses of micronutrients to staple foods to increase the nutritional value of the food. Large-scale food fortification is especially effective as a public health intervention since it reaches large parts of a population and doesn't require much behavior change from the consumers. Fortify Health works on wheat flour fortification because there's strong evidence that it's a highly cost-effective intervention. We have three work streams. Uh, firstly, we work with millers in the open market to help them in fortifying wheat flour. Secondly, we work with government to support them with introducing fortification into government safety net programs, which generally cater to the most vulnerable populations. And then finally, we generate and disseminate evidence on our fortification programs. Fortify Health was founded by Brendan and Nikita in 2017, both of whom are non-local founders. And Nikita will address the challenges um, and learnings of being a non-local founder shortly. Over the past three years, we've hired local experts quickly, including a very strong country director, Dr. Urmi Bhattacharya. We have now become a nine-person team of predominantly local experts, which has been critical to our success. We've received approximately $1.3 million uh, through two GiveWell incubation grants, and we've built a positive and inclusive team culture where local voices are given a platform. Yeah, so 
While we have had a range of successes and celebrations of milestones at Fortify Health, as Karina mentioned, um, we've also faced a lot of early challenges as non-local co-founders before we had our local team. And these acted as a bottleneck in our efficiency. And they also initially appeared somewhat separate as challenges, but the more progress we made, the more we understood how interwoven with one another they were. So firstly, Brendan and I had little to no networks in India in 2017 when we started Fortify Health. And this was in spite of us both being of Indian origin with some family connections. Um, we had to spend weeks to months tapping into the right circles and understanding who the right people were um, to approach and often going on the recommendations or connections of a couple of friends. And it was by luck, usually, that we ended up connected to the right people. Um, so hiring a local team of experts in India has allowed us to expand and grow strong partnerships across government and industry. Um, their networks have been really valuable and if founders had access to these connections early on, um, starting up operations would be a much more efficient process. And this is also where local founders would have a, a significant advantage. Um, it's also thanks to our local team and their connections that we've since been able to build a strong and elaborate partnership strategy. And again, if there had been local founders, this process to building partnerships could have been a lot more efficient. So another problem we faced was a lack of ability to speak the local language. And while Hindi is not necessarily essential for the areas that we're working in, it is quite important in some contexts and can be useful, especially when it comes to government meetings or organizing logistics um, and building certain partnerships. And so without realizing, we probably missed out on various opportunities that you build by sharing moments and exchanges um, with the community. And again, um, you're probably spotting a trend here, but hiring a local team has significantly improved our organizational communication and partnership building. The ability to communicate in Hindi, Marathi and Bengali by different team members has been crucial. Um, for example, often local millers and district level government officials prefer to speak the local language. So that's Marathi and Maharashtra. And this builds a lot more trust um, as, opposed to, as opposed to skepticism. Um, and so while it hasn't necessarily been essential for the co-founders to lead meetings with millers and government officials, it would definitely have been helpful to at least understand at the moment um, or contribute in the moment. The final issue was our limited community understanding. Um, so due to the lack of language skills and the lack of connections, and also due to the fact that neither of us had spent a lot of time in India in the past, we were delayed in obtaining essential understanding around cultural, industrial and government norms in India. Um, and again, um, since local experts joined our team, we've been able to learn much more quickly about these important contextual um, informations um, that, that affect our strategy and operations on a daily and monthly basis. Um, for example, it was only after two years of existence that Fortify Health learned of an annual wheat supply chain lull. Um, and that was once we had hired an in-house technical expert on our India team. And that's actually since then had a significant factor in shifting our mill outreach strategy. Um, other examples where our local team are much more knowledgeable are the consumption norms of wheat flour, um, a much more holistic overview of the nutrition space in India, the norms of the milling industry and um, supply chains, and also 
what contextual factors have also contributed to the success or failure of other similar projects implemented by other organizations? So based on those challenges that Brendan and I had faced in the beginning, there have been times where we felt um, surely it would make more sense for someone who has far more local understanding by default and who empathizes with the norms to be doing this job. Um, and there was a distinct pattern as you've seen in our solutions. Um, and that is that local expertise and collaboration is absolutely essential at every stage of starting up and setting up. Um, so at Fortify Health, we began building our local team as soon as we had confirmed that we were setting up operations in India. Um, and that's been crucial. And since then, Fortify Health has been incredibly lucky to have a dedicated local team of entrepreneurial people. And so our most recent joinee is Karina, and she'll give some more insight into her experience as a relatively new entrepreneur in the EA space. Thanks, Nikita. Now that we've explored how local expertise can benefit EA-aligned startups, I thought it might be helpful for me to walk you through my own personal journey into EA and how it's been useful for me. I come from the global health and development sector. Uh, I studied development economics at university and then went on to start my own small social enterprise in my hometown in rural India. While I hadn't had any formal uh, introduction to EA, uh, the questions of effectiveness have always been in my mind. Uh, I've always asked myself, what is the most effective way for me to serve my community? And that's why entering the EA community was uh, the perfect natural next step for me. When I was looking into opportunities uh, for transitioning away from a direct role in my social enterprise, I started asking my friends uh, for resources and career advice. And one of them introduced me to the 80,000 hours website. I found it so intriguing that uh, the website was offering strategic advice for people in the social impact sector uh, on how they could do the most good. And through it, uh, I, I explored a lot of materials um, in the EA space. I also ended up joining the EA India group uh, on Facebook and through it found, about the, found out about the Charity Entrepreneurship Incubation Program. Uh, and I ended up applying for it and was lucky enough to be accepted in it. And I attended the program in July and August this year. Uh, and although I didn't end up starting a new charity uh, of my own this year, I found out about Fortify Health and found a great opportunity to work in the organization. So I don't consider myself to be an expert in EA, but I find that even having a basic understanding of EA principles and the support of the EA community helps me a lot in my work. EA has helped me the most in firstly finding the most effective cause areas to work in. Secondly, in identifying the right interventions in my preferred cause areas. And thirdly, finding the right people who are motivated and like-minded to collaborate with. So why should other local entrepreneurs like me join EA and uh, found EA-aligned charities? So firstly, uh, you should join EA if you want to learn how to do the most good with limited resources. The EA community has excellent resources, whether it's books, websites, podcasts, or people, if you want to learn about program effectiveness, monitoring and evaluation, behavioral science, cause prioritization, etc. For example, uh, 80,000 hours, which is something I mentioned just a slide ago, 
is a really good resource for career advice. Uh, Charity Entrepreneurship is a great organization um, if you want to look for specific charity ideas and even financial and uh, technical support to start new charities. Secondly, um, you should join EA if you want to become a part of an active, global, high-impact community. As social entrepreneurs, we often find ourselves alone trying to navigate through various challenges. Being part of a community of people who are rooting for you and your new venture is essential for a morale, um, especially early on. So for example, uh, I had applied to a job at Charity Science Health, which was a new EA-aligned charity working in India at the time. Uh, and I didn't end up uh, getting that job, but I spoke to uh, the CEO of Charity Science Health at the time, who directed me towards the CE incubation program, uh, which led me to where I am today. And then finally, you should join EA if you want to gain access to value-aligned partners, funders, and talent. New nonprofits often find it difficult to form partnerships, get funding, and recruit the right people early on. Being a part of the EA community uh, helps to overcome these constraints to a certain extent. For example, the Center for Effective Altruism offers small grants to pilot effective ideas internationally. Uh, EA Job Postings is another really great Facebook group, which uh, includes a large number of people around the world uh, who are looking to have high-impact careers. And now let's turn the question around. Uh, what can local entrepreneurs bring to EA? While the EA community has a lot to offer when it comes to skill building and global networks, I think it can benefit a lot from the contextual expertise of local entrepreneurs. Firstly, local entrepreneurs bring knowledge of local priorities, culture, language, and practices. Prior understanding of whether a certain intervention is a priority for the local community, or knowledge of how the local supply chain for your intervention works, uh, can help a new organization progress much faster. Secondly, local entrepreneurs have a personal stake in and strong connection to their communities. Having a personal stake in the well-being of one's community can be a strong emotional driver for people leading new organizations. This can be important when an organization is working towards long-term change, for example, at the policy level, which requires years of hard work and robust community connections. And then finally, Local entrepreneurs have access to local networks. Having strong connections in local government, industry, and NGOs can help organizations grow and sustain that growth much more easily. So, thanks, Karina. So, moving on to some next steps, um, how can local entrepreneurs join EA? Um, firstly, I think it's important to just start by reading and exploring materials relating to effective altruism and the, and the concepts behind it. If, if you want any um, recommendations on this, feel free to reach out to us separately. Um, secondly, join an active EA community. So like Karina said, there's some on Facebook, also on WhatsApp, there's a, an EA India and an EA Asia group. And in-person is by far the best um, if we were not in a COVID world. Um, the third is to volunteer, intern or work at an effective altruism-aligned organisation. Um, this is probably one of the most fruitful um, options. Uh, the fourth is to co-found a project or start up with someone with an EA background. So in that way, your, your skill sets and backgrounds could very much complement each other um, 
Number five is to explore more mentorship opportunities, which I'll also come to in the next slide. Number six is to just ask questions. So existing founders or team members from other charity entrepreneurship incubated charities, um, very willing to answer your questions and set up calls with you. And finally, attend more events like this one um, or smaller ones. If you have more local events, that, that would be a really good way to meet new people in this space. And so again, just to flip that question back around. So how can EA support local entrepreneurs? Um, it would be great to see a pairing system um, where founders of charity entrepreneurship incubated charities partner with two local mentees um, and then they can share EA learning materials, resources, um, career advice, um, guidance on entrepreneurship um, with each other. Um, and often local entrepreneurs do have limited access to effective altruism. Uh, networks and information and it would just be great to see this mentorship integrated more into the role of a founder um, whether they're local or whether they're already within EA and just more of a knowledge exchange. Um, the second is to host country or region focused events for local budding charity entrepreneurs so just making events more relevant to that region um, with case studies um, and also applying EA concepts to those case studies. And finally, it would be really helpful to host um, some regular Q&A exchanges between current co-founders and local community members considering founding an effective organization. Um, and it would just be an, a really efficient exchange of knowledge both ways. And a lot of people can seek out knowledge that they may not have thought to ask themselves. Um, and it can also be made more personalized. So since there are already a lot of organizations out there with non-local founders, um, we'd say it's crucial to hire locally quickly and um, give local voices in your organization the largest platform and really listen to, to your local team. And finally, just understand what your non-local value add is and what it isn't. So thank you very much. Thank you, Nikita and Karina. That's an interesting presentation sharing with us um, how you actually start an effective charity. Um, I see that we have a question from Hayden um, that's especially for Karina. Um, what has it been like working with two Brits? I think it's uh, one of them is actually American who would actually come to um, India to start a charity for other people from overseas who are thinking of starting organizations in India what sorts of skills are useful to bring with them, um, even if they don't have extensive local knowledge? Um, basically, how can people be helpful? Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so it's been really great so far working with Nikita and Brendan. Brendan is actually American, you're right. Um, but uh, one thing I like about them is they're very open to uh, things that they might not know about, you know, the local context. And the local team has uh, a very a very prominent platform to, uh, you know, uh, give their opinion on the program side, on the strategy side as well. So, so that's something that you should definitely have if you're going to another country or another context. And in terms of what non-local founders can bring to the table, I think there are a few skills. So firstly, if you have some sort of technical skill, right, like if you're an engineer or if you are really good at marketing, uh, or if you have years of experience in communications, I think that can help a lot um, regardless of context, right? So that's something, uh, that's number one, technical expertise. 
and then number two i think is um, you know experience and connections with the ea community which helps a lot with um, fundraising and building connections um, then there's also you know communications experience which tends to be pretty good for people who um, are from native english speaking countries uh, right so like publications high quality website design things like that can be very helpful for new organizations um so yeah i think those would be my top two and then finally sorry uh, strategy as well so um strategy always helps having people who are from different countries who think in different ways uh, is really good when you're building your strategy Thanks Karina. I think I answered the question nicely. Um I am just curious um what would you have done if you didn't start a charity um become a charity startup entrepreneur? Okay. Um I I am quite risk averse so I was working at Malaria Consortium before this this role and I actually really loved my job there and I had room still to learn a lot more so that's one of the reasons it was quite a big decision for me to leave that role and so I think I could just see myself um happily being stable um at Malaria Consortium but moving into another department maybe in business development or fundraising Great um and from my side I think I I would have gone into the social impact space in India so uh, working for another NGO uh, or working even in Indian government And um that's good to know arrange to see um Question for Nikita from Wayne. As a non-local, how were you able to gauge your value addedness to the space, especially if it took some time to find a local team to work with? Yeah, I think this is this is a really good question and it was tricky. I think um initially it just involved a lot of conversations with other people to figure out how like an organization could be a value add. But then as a non-local founder, I think we started to realize our value add more. once we had the local team and how we all complemented each other so I, i think in the beginning um we had kind of the scoping like brendan was really good at scoping and kind of conducting partnerships conversations and i think um also running country selections spreadsheets those kinds of things we were able to do okay without a local team um maybe it would have been better with a local team but yeah i think once the local team um like joined us and we when we hired um everything slotted much better into place and i think then we would be able, able to better analyze our value add as well um which is having a minute left i think um i'm curious about this this um uh, myself you're it's good that you're advocating for more local founder opportunities but how can we encourage um and better cater to more socioeconomic diversity among both um non-local and local founders especially when different countries have different um of of that background um as a founding as founding an organization requires a certain level of privilege and sometimes financial safety nets um it takes quite a bit of career risks your thoughts on that Yeah, I think this is this is a really important question and I hope we get better at addressing this over time. Um so firstly I think we firstly need to normalize comfortable but not excessive salaries from the seed funding stage among founders, funders and maybe other effective altruism aligned organizations. Um and the second thing is to just encourage more t- more part-time opportunities um in the early stages of founding an organization. um and because a lot of us are really taking large or like quite stressful risks um both to our financial stability career stability and emotional stability at times um and so i think we don't need extra guilt about taking comfortable pay especially when we have that instability in our lives 
Yeah, that that comes up when you're a nonprofit. Um, we we have one just one last question from Hayden. Have there been particular challenges in working together as a team when Nikita and Brendan are abroad and not based in India? Have you discovered good strategies for effective team management um, even when you can't share an office? Um, I wasn't sure if that was addressing me or Karina, so maybe um, we can both add something. Um, but. Yeah, I think I think we've got a pretty good setup at the moment. Luckily, the time difference between the UK and India isn't so big. So we do have a good crossover each day. Um, Brendan works much, much fewer hours at the moment. So that hasn't been such a problem. And we have a brilliant country director, Urmi, who um, is able to kind of manage those on the ground operations. So yeah, Karina, if you want to. Yeah, I agree. I think the biggest uh, challenge here is the time zone difference uh, with Brendan. But uh, since he's working fewer hours, uh, it's not that big of an issue. Um, but otherwise, I think we have a pretty good, um, you know, setup uh, in terms of working remotely. Anyway, right now, our office is closed because of COVID. So we all are working remotely. Yeah, this year, many people would be feeling the sentiments you're going through. Um, thank you so much for your time, Nikita and Karina. That's all that we have. And thanks for the questions, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks, Vani. Thank you so much. <laughs>